When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rolling. Okay, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of All Too Real 2. My name is Michael E. Colin II, and with me, as always, via Zoom, is... It's Matthew Barton. Okay. Yep. Matthew Barton. I'm the next Hawkeye. Okay. So, um... Speaking of I which, used to do archery when I was a kid, so you know. But speaking of which, okay, so I, I tuned into the show, and I'm like sitting here thinking, and I'm like, where is Alan Alda? Well, it's not that Hawkeye. Oh. Oh. No. Okay. Oh, I got confused. No, it's not Alan Alda as an archer and as an Avenger. No, that no, would be. I, I, I thought that it was be- like maybe that was what you know Hawkeye Pierce did after the the Korean War, you know, he went home and became an archer. Dude, that would be a cool sketch of Alan Alda as one of the adventures <laughs> as Hawkeye. <laughs> that would be so weird. <laughs> so this has nothing to do with MASH then. Okay. <laughs> well he does make a good martini and then and uh Avengers Age of Ultron Natasha is making drinks, so they could have just put him back there making his famous martini. Yeah, that would have been a cool little reference, like a mash Avengers crossover thing going on. It would on. be a mashup. Oh, and crossover because it was a Korean War, and in uh, and, and, Falcon and, and Winter Soldier, we hear about Bucky that he was in North Korea during the war and, and he and, fought against. And they're using a crossbow. Yeah, <laughs> and that's like christianity or something like that (laughs) so anyways um in all seriousness uh today we are covering the first two episodes of the disney plus television series hawkeye which is a uh continuation of the story about clint barton who is one of the original avengers in the uh avengers uh movies um they released two episodes on the first day on november 24th so we have two to talk about here matt yeah, just like with WandaVision when that first. So I unironically, I think that WandaVision is still my favorite so far, but I, I think this one's second place now, to be honest. I really do. Yeah. For me. I my favorite is actually Loki. But I do like WandaVision yeah. a lot too, but it's it's kinda hard. I mean, I like them all. Um probably Falcon and Winter Soldier is my least favorite, but I do love elements of it and i thought it could have been better though Mm -hmm. but yeah it's uh it's interesting but i did really enjoy these two episodes that we watched um 
So the first episode that they premiered was called Never Meet Your Heroes, directed by uh, Reese Thomas and uh, written by Jonathan Igilla. I don't know. Igla? I-G-L-A. So, <laughs> I'm not sure how you pronounce that, and I'm sorry, Jonathan. If that is how you pronounce your first name, too. I don't know. Maybe it's not Jonathan, even though it's spelled J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N. It's probably Jonathan. Yes. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, so, so this TV show, how does it start out, Matt, here? We got, like, it's in... We start out in 2012, and what happens there? Yeah, it's, um, they, this family lives, like, in a penthouse apartment, and, uh, the parents are arguing about money, the, you know, the, the, the husband, you know, was just saying, like, you know, the market's a little bit crazy right now, but once, you know, once things get set up straight, they'll be able to hold on or whatever, and she wants them, you know, to sell the apartment and um she kind of makes a point about how you know he grew up wealthy so he just he just assumes things will work themselves out but she did she didn't grow up that way so she kind of has a different perspective about like yeah. well sometimes you need to seize the opportunity when you have one because it might not just quote fall out of the sky that was her phrase <laughs> and then, and then uh, Young young Kate, Kate Bishop, she's eavesdropping from her bedroom into like the vent over here and she ends up um dropping something so they know that she's listening. So then uh the the dad goes to talk to her and uh you know tells her everything's gonna be okay and he's you know, he's gonna protect her and then he's gonna go downstairs to his office to do some work or whatever. And then she's gonna go. She's eating lunch with her mom, and her mom does this really cool food trick where she like knocks the food up and eats, which is really dangerous, by the way. Don't try that at home. Um, you know, don't try <laughs> to throw food in your mouth. That's really never a good idea. But like, that's what she does. And uh, and then she tells Kate to go grab checkers. It's interesting because it's like a rich family, right? Yeah, you pretty much probably have anything you want entertainment wise. She tells her to grab checkers. I wonder if there's some kind of symbolism for that later on in the show. I'm not sure, but uh, tells her to grab the checkers board and to play it. And she says, "I'll be downstairs." And then you you see like this Chitari like fly right by the window for like a split second, and then she kind of looks around, wasn't sure what happens, and then she hears a bunch of more noises and like explosions and stuff like that, and then. She sees like one of those like big spaceships like flying over their like ceiling window, and uh, followed by more explosions and uh, you know freaking out. Then like suddenly there's like a big crash. One of the windows gets broken open. And then and then she sees um, uh, Chitari flying towards her, about to kill her. And then all of a sudden an arrow gets shot at it and it explodes. And then she sees Clint. Clinton was the one that literally saved your life right there, and then he, she sees him like kicking like a Chitari off the building, and then like he like does that really cool scene where he like falls off the the roof and like shoots an arrow to like crash through a window for like a safe landing. So like <clears throat> right then and there, we already see like the beginnings of like Kate's entire personality like developing right there, like seeing her seeing someone who literally just saved her life 
yeah. during like a huge invasion. Like that's like, like the basically a huge of, influence on her life too. And, uh, and then unfortunately, her dad died because the house, their penthouse. By the way, they lived right across from Stark Tower, like which is like a interesting like. Like not not really close, but like that you can see that from yeah, like their it's, window. It's, it's visible from their apartment. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's really interesting. Did. Yeah. Um. Then we get like a uh, we basically so 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 this happens and her father dies in the situation because the Chitari are you know destroying buildings and things of that nature. So we, we get, uh, we find out that her dad died and we have a funeral for him. Mm -hmm. Um, at which point, you know, her mom says that she can, her her mom tells her basically that, you know, she can have whatever she wants or whatever. And she asks for, you know, a bow and arrow and lessons. Yeah. So, um, then we have like kind of a backstory of Kate Bishop told through animation that is very influenced by the Matt Fraction, um, David Aja, um, Hawkeye series of uh, comic books. Um, so, uh, so basically what, you know, that which influenced a lot of the things in this story, basically it's not a one for one, you know, remake of the comic books but it's very influenced by it and uh mm. so we get we get kate bishop's uh story told through the opening credits which i thought was really interesting yeah i, I yeah i agree i thought that was a really unique way of doing it like you see her growing up and like winning like awards and like basically her learning how to shoot the arrow correctly like a lot of the beginning she wasn't hitting the the bullseye or even the actual target at all and which is interesting because a lot of times her mom is like standing like right behind her, like almost overseeing her. Yeah, and I don't know if that was an implication if she's like one of these like moms who's like really, really like wanting, almost like pressuring their child to like be really great, or if she's overseeing her just because you like know, a, like so a stereotypical stage mom or something. Yeah, or she's maybe she's being supportive. You know, I don't yeah. know, but like, and she's taking martial arts classes. She got black belt at one point. She does gymnastics, um, swords. They show a sword fencing. Um, so basically she's learning how to become like a fighter. Cause she wants to protect her mom. Like she, that's like her job in her mind or whatever. Yeah. And, and her mom is named Eleanor Bishop and, uh, is played by, um, Vera Formiga, who people may know from uh, from Bates Motel, which is what I know her most from as Norma Bates, mm. which she is amazing in that show. <laughs> uh, she was recently in um, the that Sopranos movie that they came out with, uh, that Many Saints of New York. I, I'm not a Sopranos guy yet. I might start watching that show because I'm way behind, obviously. I've never seen it, so... <laughs> I only saw like the first two episodes. Yeah, when it came out. But um, I might watch it eventually. But yeah, her her mom is played yeah. by uh, by by her, and then uh, her dad Derek Bishop 
is played by Brian Darcy James, who is a really well-known Broadway actor and uh, done a lot of movies, including um, he was in, uh, oh, shoot, what was that? Uh, the um, Spotlight movie that was out a few years ago about the uh, Boston newspaper investigating the Catholic Church. Oh. Yeah, which, if you have not seen Spotlight, watch it. No, I have, I have not. Oh, watch it. It is it is a brilliant movie. Anyway, so, um, he's in that as well. But anyways, so, that, that that's the actors there. We have, um, Kate Bishop, uh, you know, we, we've got her younger, but when we meet her as an adult, she's played by, by Haley Steinfeld, um, who is, uh, Great actress. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, so what happens after the credits there, Matt? Uh, so we, we come to Clint and his his kids are watching Rogers the musical and, and oh boy, yeah. is that a bad play? Uh, <laughs> it's like like the the they keep doing the refrain. I could do this all day. Oh, yeah, man. and and we are started out. We're singing like the person that's singing most of it at the beginning is Adam Pascal, who I've met. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that guy awesome from He's Rent amazing. and School of Rock and um, mm-hmm. SLC Punk and Punk's Dead. Um, come yeah, on, other things. Part two, yeah, part yeah. two, yeah. yeah um, <laughs> He's an amazing actor. Um, he did, however, refuse to be on our show when I asked him to be on it. Um, at least he got back to me, though. He just said he was too busy. So, anyway, so I wanted to interview him so badly. But um, if you're listening to this by any reason, <laughs> Adam, please do our show sometime. I'd love to interview you. Um, so, big fan. Um, I met you by a dumpster once, remember? Um, so, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> I did. <laughs> it was like a drug deal. <laughs> I bet you might <laughs> No, I went I went to uh there he, he did a uh he was doing a tour and he came to Toledo and it was sad. There was like hardly anybody there. <laughs> oh man. It was like I mean there was maybe like thirty or forty people in the audience, I think. And it was a pretty decent sized venue, so I don't know if it was even that many. I'm not sure how many, but it was it was kind of sad. But it was him and a piano player, and he was just singing a lot of different songs, and he was great. And I was, like, right there in the front row. And then afterwards, I met him outside the stage. And for some odd reason, where the stage empties out is right by a fucking dumpster at this place. And wow. <laughs> I'm not going to mention the place because I don't want to badmouth them because I love the theater. But fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I guess people just don't like art until, you know, I guess. You know, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, but I, and I saw him on Broadway twice in Rent, so good guy. And most of the other people in there, I don't know off the top of my head all the other actors, but everybody in the show, Rogers, were Broadway actors. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, so. <laughs> but it was just a bad musical, like, I mean, just. And there's like, bad. it's like, it, it's, it's like a retelling of the of the battle of New York, which we had just seen parts of from a different point of view, which I thought was kind of cool when we saw it from Kate Bishop's point of view as a child. Exactly. Cause yeah, especially seeing the ship like over the ceiling window, yeah. like that was like, and also too, that was a one shot, a one take shot of that. Like, um, what do you call it? Like a continuous uh, shot. 
Yeah, they didn't like edit it. That was just nice. like a one. Yeah, that was that's what made it kind of have a that kind of interesting um, perspective on it or whatever. And uh, at, at one point, he kind of Clint sort of has a PTSD moment when they show Black Widow, and it actually yeah. for a second it actually looked like Scar. I, I don't think it was, but she looked a lot like Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Like it was, it was like he was seeing her. Like it's just so <clears throat> it's just so funny because you, you juxtapose that with like the real the realism of how this affects uh, the citizens in New York. And then you have this cheesy fucking musical right after it. I mean, it's just like, yeah, I know. Uh, it, uh, he, at one point, he he's kind of having like a PTSD moment when he sees her. And then he turns off his hearing aid. Because he's deaf, which is interesting. Because I guess in the comic books, he was deaf or hard of hearing. And they never really talked about that in the movie until now, I guess. Um, you know, from all the explosions. Well, they, they explained they, it in the second episode, which we'll get to. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, but he, he starts, you know, criticizing things like Ant-Man wasn't there. Right, exactly. He didn't show up until Civil War. Yeah. Well, I mean, part, as part of the Avengers um, issue or whatever. But I thought it was kind of interesting, too, because it could just be them putting him there because he was kind of there when they went back in time. <laughs> Oh, he wasn't part of the battle though. But yeah, he was. He was there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe because he was in Endgame and they knew that he was part of the battle for the Battle of Earth. I think is what it's called. Yeah, um, and it, but it's also like the whole um thing. Also, it could be a throwback to the fact that um it's been revealed in like a there's a book that came out recently. I don't. I I forgive me. I don't know the name of it, but it's all about the history of the MCU that was actually you know, sanctioned by Disney. Um, so, of course, it's not going to have all the details of everything and all the, you know, all the dirty details, I should say, you know. But, uh, yeah, they do mention that they were going to, they were originally hoping to have Ant-Man and the Wasp in the original Avengers movie, but they couldn't figure it out story-wise to get them in there yet. So, yeah. And then, um, yeah, and there's this really sad scene where, you know, right as he's having, like, this sort of, like, PTSD moment, he ends up looking over, and there's a, a little girl who's dressed up as Black Widow, and she's, like, smiling at him, so it probably just made him feel even worse, like, yeah. You know? <laughs> and so he goes outside to get some fresh air, and then one by one, his kids come out. And uh, ask him, you know, what's up. By the way, I'm not sure which uh, kid it is. Um, let me see here. Uh, um, so Lila Barton is uh, played by Ava Russo. Who is the daughter of director Joe Russo, who directed, who co-directed with his brother, the um, Infinity War and Endgame, among other movies. He put her in those movies, and now she's part of the MCU because of it. <laughs> so it's like she was kind of like a, it's kind of like a cameo thing where he put her in there as a, as Clint's daughter, and now she's on a TV series because of it. I mean, I'm not sure if she wanted to be an actress or not, but she's a good actress. So 
<laughs> no, she is. She's pretty good. Yeah. And when, when did they film this? Because she doesn't look that much older. And Endgame was like two years ago. Yeah. Like they just filmed this recently, so. Okay, I was just wondering because because yeah. the other kid, he looks like he's grown a whole bunch though. The yeah. the taller one. Um, yeah. I forgot his name. What's his name? Um, shoot. I don't know. I'd have to. Look yeah, no. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah, uh, like, sorry, you're not important. <laughs> no, I mean it's okay. I mean, um, yeah, Ava Russo is uh, 20 years old right now, so it might just be that you know at the time you know when you're you don't really age much from like 17 to 20. You know what I mean? Right, it's more of like when yeah. you're young, you get that like huge Strasburg or whatever yeah. type of thing going on. Yeah. I was just wondering that's so if they filmed yeah. it like the Hawkeye's supposed to come out before like I know they like did the timeline different like shows were, were released like in different orders. Yeah, no, or, um, like... Falcon and Winter Soldier was supposed to come out first. Okay. I think Hawkeye was always planned to be like now. So okay. because they wanted to release it around the holidays because of it being a Christmas based television series. Right, right. Okay. So um so we have uh so anyways, we, we've got them outside. Um, they end up going to dinner instead of watching the second half of the musical. <laughs> Good. Yes. <laughs> um, and it, it's funny, too. I guess the theater that this was playing at is actually across the street from the theater where Hamilton plays. <laughs> which is kind of interesting. Because this was obviously yeah. kind of inspired by Hamilton in a way. But, um, yeah, with the yellow like, background and like, yeah, and nowhere near as good, though, and, uh, of course, but the music was written. No, by, no, no, the music was written by Mark Shaman, who is a really well renowned, um, lyricist and composer of Broadway shows and movies and things of that nature. So, yeah, he did write all the music, yeah. I believe, for, um, the South Park, uh, movie. <laughs> Big oh, wow. Cuts. <laughs> wow. But, um, <laughs> If I'm remembering correctly, I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, just ignore me. Um, so uh, <laughs> you are ignored. No. The um, but uh, so what happens? Uh, they they go to dinner next, mm-hmm. and uh, have their little uh, you know family time together. Um, towards the end of the dinner. They, uh, the, the meal's comped by the frickin', uh, restaurant, so he doesn't have to pay for it because of, you know, as a thank you for saving the world. Right. Which is kind of awkward to Bart, uh, he, Barton. Yeah. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't like that. He's, he's, yeah, he's not, really not comfortable with that, uh. Yeah, I wouldn't be either. I would be like, no, I... Oh, yeah, no, I forgot, too, there was a scene... Before he went outside, where he was in the restroom at the theater. Oh yeah! And uh, first, he sees this. Uh, um, well, well, he he sees this graffiti written on on some porcelain there that says uh, Thanos was right. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah, like um, I was listening to some other podcast talking about this and they were trying to compare it, which I kind of understand too, in a way to the way that uh, like Vietnam vets f- probably felt when they came home from the Vietnam war and were basically treated like shit, you know, 
Like they they went off to fight, and then they came back and were kind of treated like shit. You know what I mean? Not not it's not like a one for one comparison, but it does got a similar kind of vibe to it. Where you know it's like there are different points of view on the situation. You know. Yeah. Where if you were a soldier, you may have felt what you were doing was right, or you may have felt what you were doing was wrong, but either way, you're being treated like shit, you know? Yeah, by some people, yeah. Yeah, not everybody. <laughs> but And this isn't everybody either, but you know what I mean? It's like some people felt that Thanos was right, and some people thought that he was wrong. Same thing about the Vietnam War. Some people thought that the, you know, soldiers... But the, I mean, the thing is, the soldiers were just doing what they were told. It wasn't, you know, you know what I mean? You can't really... Especially the drafted ones. Um, the <laughs> Just following orders, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. They can't help well, if they're it, drafted into the fucking war, you know? Yeah. Uh, for a split second, it looked like Clint like, almost like considered it, too. <laughs> he just like, yeah. shrugs. Like, yeah, he's like, maybe he was. <laughs> just, he's like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> yeah, which is kind like, of funny. Dragged back and, but but yeah. while he's in there, some guy comes in and is like bugging him at the urinal or something. Yeah. Or no, yeah. was it the urinal or when he was washing his hands? I don't think it was at the urinal. Maybe no, well, it was. It yeah. was at the urinal when he's like, "It would be really cool if I got a selfie or, or whatever, yeah. rad or whatever." I don't yeah. know what he said. And he's like, "It's really not an appropriate time right yeah. now." And then like he's washed his hand. The guy just stands. He's like, "Is that a better time?" I'm like, oh man, like. And I mean that's uh, really. You know, indicative of people that don't understand privacy and personal space when it comes to celebrities, too. You know, it's kind of a... Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I've, I've heard several stories about people who have been at dinner and with their family and people come up and just won't leave them the fuck alone. It's one of the downsides of being rich and famous. It's like, yeah, you got all this money in the world and you don't really have to worry about, like, healthcare and Dude, housing and all that stuff, but every time you go out in public, you're never yeah. really going to have any privacy, like ever. And it's know? like you know, if if you're if if you're like Jeremy Renner in real life, you know, you can't really go to Walmart, you know. Yeah, exactly. Because he's been in a bunch of stuff outside of the yeah. Avenger films. So, so too, I mean, so. him or any of the people in the in the Avengers movies, you know, you couldn't go to Walmart or McDonald's or something and expect to not be, you know, <clears throat> hounded. <laughs> Which kind of sucks, yeah, man. You couldn't do just regular shit, you know. Wasn't wasn't he also in uh, that movie? Was um, the uh, Mad Max? Was he in that? Um, no, that wasn't him. Okay, no, you're, that that was Tom Hardy. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. yeah, no, no, he, he was in he was in uh, the Born Legacy. He was in uh, a couple of the uh, Mission Impossible movies. Um, oh, he was yeah. actually being uh, groomed to take over for Tom Cruise, but then he couldn't do. He might be coming back for a future one, um, but he was uh, unable to appear in uh, one of them because of the Avengers movies. So, oh, okay, yeah, um, yeah, but they were originally grooming him to be the new Tom Cruise, which it's kind of weird because he's not really much younger than Tom Cruise. Um. <laughs> Not the new, <laughs> new Tom Cruise, but the new lead of the movies, and I'm just like, yeah, but you're like two years younger. Yeah, <laughs> so like, like, okay, <clears throat> um, whatever. Yeah, 
I mean, I like him as a, as an actor. He's got some, you know, I'm not going to, we're not going to get into that in here, but there's like some, uh, personal issues that I guess he's had with some women and stuff that whatever. Um, rumors, no. rumors at no. least. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell me the personal shit about my heroes. Though. Yes. No, I'm just saying, I don't want to get into it on this because we're just going to look at his acting here. Um, he's a really good actor. Um, so, the, uh, yeah. Um, anyways, what what happens next after that, after the dinner? Um, yeah, we get that scene. You know, he turns off his hearing aid, you know, because of all that. And then they, they, they go and uh, they're going to do like, everything they want to do for Christmas. They want, want to have a movie marathon. They want to do this and stuff. So then we get a thing to Kate and Kate's with her friends from like the archery team from like, I guess the college they go to or whatever. And like, they have a bench where she can't shoot an arrow and get the, the bell to, to ring from um, Shane tower or Stain tower, Stain tower, uh, which is named uh, after Obadiah Stain from, uh, Iron Man. Yeah, so... And she's like, well, a bet's a bet. So they're like, you're definitely going to get kicked off the archery team if you mess this up or whatever. So at first, she... Um, they're arguing of whether or not to actually hit the bell itself or the, like, the rope or what they say was the wrap-around thingy or, or, yeah. or dangly thingy <laughs> was what she said. And they said, no, hit the bell. So she hits the bell and it just like makes this little, like, tiny little like clanky sound like nothing you know and she's like oh i guess i was wrong so then she does she hits the dangly thingy and they have the rope and then it makes the bell go down <laughs> but but then there's like a little crack and she's like oh that, that's probably okay you know mo most that's probably nothing and like a, a little crack some more and she's like well you know, mo most of the bells with character have cracks in them and then it just like just starts falling of like the, the tower itself is like crumbling, and she's like, "Oh, uh, that that's bad." <laughs> and then you know her friends walk, run away, and then like you know security guard, you know, um, catches her off the roof, and it's like, "Hey guys, how you doing?" And then like the entire tower just completely crumbles. Yeah, and it's really interesting too because it's it's named after Obadiah Stain, who uh, you know people are some people were wondering why why would they have a bad guy's name still on a on a on a tower? Well. The Avengers covered up all of his bad doing. Oh, they did. Yeah, like Tony and everybody covered up his bad doing because they didn't want it to look bad for Stark Industries. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> anyways, even though he's you know like a war criminal and stuff, um, but tried uh, to kill Tony. <laughs> yeah, tried to kill Tony, obviously. But the um, <laughs> the um, other interesting thing there is because uh, Haley Steinfeld, who uh, plays uh. Kate Bishop, her first big movie was True Grit, co-starring Jeff Bridges, who played Obadiah Stane. Uh, <clears throat> so, interesting. So it's interesting that they chose that name as what would be the name on the tower. It's got to be a nod to that, you know. There's lots of that, I think, in this episode, or at least the next one, too. Yeah. Little things like that. So, um, yeah, so she, she basically... Ends up going home now after that because of uh, the whole, um, you know, destroying one of the buildings on campus sort of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a, 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 a extellable offense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
I only destroyed three when I went to the University of Toledo, but um, <laughs> they never found out. That's why I still, you know, I'm joking. <laughs> now you just said it though, so oh shit, <laughs> I didn't say what buildings. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, they might not even exist anymore, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. So they never existed. Well, yeah, or maybe they did. Maybe we'll never know. So maybe it's a Mandela effect. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so um, or the Mandela effect. You pronounce it different too. It's like, oh, is the Mandela or the Mandela? Yeah, it's Mandela. Don't know because it's named after. No, I know. I know. No, I know. <laughs> say, like, say. <laughs> if, if the one timeline, it's the Mandela because they live in a different timeline, and you know. <laughs> I know, I know. It was a bad joke. I, I, uh, got you, I got you now. I'm sorry. I ruined your joke. So, um, oh, <laughs> I ruined it by telling it. So. <laughs> I ruined it by telling it. Yeah. Oh, God. So, um, <laughs> so anyways, uh, she comes back home and uh, is there with Eleanor, her mom, and uh, Eleanor has a uh, a boyfriend named Jack Duquesne, who is uh, in the comic books. He's he, what is his name? Uh, it's like a the French version, Jacques Duquesne. Yeah, um, you know, spelled. But no, no but no. What what is his uh, alter ego's name? Oh, sorry. His, yeah, his uh, swordsman. Is his swordsman. Name. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was trying to remember. <laughs> I wanted to say archer, and I'm like, that's not right. He's a swordsman, not an archer. <laughs> He's uh, there. I guess they're doing the whole DC thing with Marvel at that point, where they just make very literal names of the characters. Yeah, swordsman, because he's good with the sword. So, <laughs> what the punk swordsman, you know? <laughs> or like, but it's interesting because some of the, in the comics, he's the one that actually trained Clint yeah. in like fighting, like archery and stuff like that. Yeah. So I wonder if any of that's going to come up at all in this. Maybe am I? We we don't really know much about Clint, like his past. Like, yeah, we don't. You know, so, um, so, uh, anyways, uh, he seems like a smarmy kind of bad guy, just off the bat because he's got a he's got a mustache, and you know, people with mustaches are evil. <laughs> and um, <laughs> he does have that kind of weird mustache. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, anyways, the, um, there's a big, like, gala going on, um, a charity, uh, uh, charity auction gala that her mother insists that she goes to and tells her to wear this nice red dress, but she ends up coming dressed in, like, a black, all black tuxedo type thing. Yeah. Um, where she looks just like the help. <laughs> <clears throat> Which is oddly convenient. Yeah. Uh. Um, <laughs> yeah, kind of. Very interesting. Um, so, uh, <laughs> it's a it's it's a TV convenience, um, as I like to call <laughs> yeah. it, TV convenience. Um, the yep. uh, so while she's there, she runs into um, this guy who is the uncle of Jack. Named Armand Duquesne the Third. Is that right? Yeah. 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 The third. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's the third. Yeah. 
Um, and, uh, he, uh, he lets slip that Jack and, uh, Eleanor are engaged, which, uh, Kate had yet to find out. And she was, I guess her mother was planning to tell her that night. At the gala for some reason. Yeah. Like, why not just tell her at home? It seems like a weird place to... Yeah. Well, she already had some suspicion because she saw swords at the the penthouse or whatever. Yeah. And she's like, what's with all the swords or whatever? And then he shows up and it's like, ah. Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, she at least knew they were dating. She didn't necessarily... And maybe living together, but didn't know that they were engaged, you know? So, it's like... A, right. Yeah. she does not like Jack. No. Um, she's still like a daddy's girl, even though he died like 10 years ago or whatever. <clears throat> so, um, anyways, there's a, underneath the gala, there is a black market auction that, uh, Kate follows, was she following Armand down there, I think? Uh, well, yeah, because she she's still an eavesdropper. She she's like yeah. she's still really good at that. She overheard Armand and her mom arguing. Okay, yeah, that happened first. I wasn't sure. And then yeah. he was like basically threatening her, saying like I, you know, like basically like he he had like some dirt on her, I guess. And yeah, she was he, trying he said to, something like I have powerful friends too. Right, like she was trying to explain it was like a big misunderstanding or whatever, and but he's like, "No, I'm gonna gonna come after you if you don't basically fess up or whatever or something." So yeah, she's like, "Is this guy threatening you?" And she's like, "Oh, I have no idea what's his problem." Like just shrugs it off, you know, like it's no big deal. Which to her, maybe it isn't because she might be used to this kind of thing. So we're starting to wonder: Is her mom why? Why is she, like because they were having money problems, you know, in the beginning of the movie, and then suddenly. Well, not suddenly, but you know, you you turn, you know, you go to two thousand. Well, technically, it's two thousand twenty-five in the story. Yeah. So it's, but you know, they're rich now, so it's like, yeah, well, I mean, that's it's like my theory on it is is that there was like a lot of money from life insurance on the dead husband, and uh, also um, probably some kind of reparations from the fact that their apartment was destroyed by. The battle. Right. <laughs> Probably something like that. But we'll find out if yeah. there's something shady going on with her mom, or at least she's not revealing her yeah. whole self or whatever. But um but yeah, so yeah, she goes down and she's really good at eavesdropping, so I'm like this is a skill she definitely uses to very stealthily. She's gotten much better at it since she was a little kid, you know. Uh overhears stuff. Good listener, which is a good, which is interesting about this show, right? I, I don't mean to go on a tangent, but just yeah, like I like the heroes that don't have like any superpowers in yeah, these kind too. of movies. Like it's people who have to use their own cunning, their own they like strategy. Just, they should just like, name her literally too, like the swordsman. Like she should just be good listening girl. Why not? That'd be a good DC character. Good listening <laughs> girl, you know. <laughs> GLG, yeah. you know, like, do a comic. Do a comic book and like, but like, do like a a G, like a capitalized G, but then do a lowercase L, but it like stands up yeah. real high, so it's like a cool graphic, and then it's got another G, and like have like maybe some flames or something like that. I don't know. 
And then, um, and like, yeah, it's like about Eavesdropper, who's like really, really good at Eavesdropper. Ooh, that'd be a good like, name for a character, though, Eavesdropper. Oh, that's a really, and like that's like their only, like not their only, but like that's like their main thing. But like they're really, they never get caught ever. And they always come up with good, because that's the thing you need good information. You can't just have smashy, smashy. And, and her you name know, is Eve Stropper, and um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the name is Eve's. <laughs> yeah, proper. <laughs> really on the nose, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, um, anyways, like, uh, she's down underneath the gala in this uh, black market um, auction that's going on down there. They they offer they they auction off some kind of Chitari thing or something from the battle mm-hmm. first, and then they had um, a. Uh, First, at first, it was the sword of Ronan, the other identity of Clint Barton. Which I'm trying to figure out how the fuck they got these things. But anyways, right? Well, they always say the Ronan. Why yeah. do they say the? I think it's just the way they refer to him in the media. It's okay, kind of like in, in a lot in a lot of things. Ronin, though, in yeah. a lot of things, they'll refer to Batman as the Batman, or you know, or it'll be the Batwoman, or the, or the you know. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's black market shit, right? I mean, they they get their hands on all kinds of stuff somehow. So, you know. Yeah. I don't know how, but they just they have connections. Yeah. So 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 they have the Ronin's sword, which is like this really cool retractable sword that somehow retracts in to a handle that is not big enough for it to retract into. But anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Case TV convenience. Yes. Um. <laughs> um. Anyways, they uh. There's also being auctioned off is Ronin's um costume. So uh, that's sitting there, and then there's like a big explosion going on into the into the auction. And uh, we get to meet the tracksuit mafia. <laughs> They're a Russian street gang who are attempting to recover a watch among the items. Um, while this is going on, Kate recovers um, Barton's Ronin suit. And then she defeats the tracksuit mafia members while wearing it. And then she escapes to her apartment after rescuing a stray dog. While wearing the fucking suit. Yeah. Not very smart. No. Um, but also, too, Jax takes the sword in the rubble. Yeah. And puts it in his pocket, retracts it, and puts it in his pocket. Yeah. He did say something ominous, though, about his uncle, because they were both bidding for the sword. Yeah. And uncle won because he had more money and. He says, "Oh, you don't have three hundred grand." He's like, "Well, I will when I I might inherit it someday or something like yeah. that." Or, so they're they're, know, they're, so that's they're really trying to paint us to think that Jack's like the ultimate evil, right? Um, he might be, but we don't know. You know? Yeah, which I'll get into in speculation later. Um, yeah. <laughs> the uh, so the, the anyways, um, she, she lucky she 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 rescues this dog, which we find out later through things his name lucky the pizza dog um <laughs> and um 
but she she after that she tracks down Armand to investigate further what was going on. And she discovers that Armin has been murdered in his home. Uh oh. And then she uh, is cornered by the tracksuit mafia members after fleeing the crime scene. And then uh, we, we're 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 shown uh, the Barton family at their hotel, where Barton sees this on the TV, all about the whole rescue and everything, the rescue of the dog and all this stuff, and sees that the Ronin is back, and he's just like. What the fuck? I'm the Ronin. Um, <laughs> like, damn it. Yeah. Well, also, too, when she was at the the house, she found butterscotch candy with the Armand name on the on the wrapper. Yeah, it was like monogram and, uh, candy. That that will be important <laughs> later on. Yeah, in the next episode. Um, mm-hmm. Oh so, shit! It was the next one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, I know. When you watch them back to back, yeah, the um, yeah. So uh, Barton saw the news report and uh, of the Ronin's return, and so he goes and he ends up rescuing Kate from the gangsters, and that's where our episode ends. Do you want to take a break, Matt, and we'll talk about the second episode next? Yeah. Okay. We'll be right back, folks. What is Gen X? What is the silent generation? What do generations have in common? Hi, I'm Trish the Dish from the Gen X Voice Podcast, and I invite you to listen to conversations I have with folks from different generations, backgrounds, beliefs, and experiences in an attempt to see what connects rather than divides us. Even though Gen X has been called slackers, Karens, or not mentioned at all in some cases, we are the bridge generation, so I feel compelled to do my part to destroy ageism by bringing all these voices together. And, as a bonus, each guest gets to answer some 80s questions at the end of each show. So download and listen to Gen X Voice today on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And let's see how much we have in common after all. Hi, this is Catherine, host of a new fashion podcast, The Real Fashion School Dropout. Join me as I interview guest every week in the fashion and beauty space and we gossip on all things fashion and beauty and even get into some personal stories of their journey in the industry you can find us on apple spotify pretty much wherever you get your podcast hope to see you there And we are back. Okay, so on to the second episode here, Matt, which premiered the same day. Um, this was entitled Hide and Seek. It was also written by um, by uh, Reese Thomas. This one was directed by Eliza Clement. Clement? C-L-I-M-E-N-T. Um, yes, so... We basically start where we ended in the last episode, um, where uh, Barton saves Bishop and is like, 
who the heck are you? And rips off the masks and sees that it's, you know, a young girl, you know? So he's like, okay, what the fuck? And um, <clears throat> he takes her back to her apartment, but um, they are attacked by the tracksuit mafia who um, basically set the place on fire. They tracked her down. Get it? While wearing suits. Yeah. Get it? Track it's, suit. It suits what they do. Ooh, I like that. Oh, yeah. The other thing, too, they're, they're, they're such, like, dunderheads. They're like, bro, bro. Yeah, yeah, like, they always, they always say, say bro. bro. I guess in the yeah. comic in the comic books they do too, so it's kind of funny that they brought that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, bunch of meatheads, you know. Um. So uh, the pair is forced to evacuate the apartment because it's on fire. They they left the Ronin suit behind. Oh shit! Yeah. So um, they uh, they need to find a place to hide out. Um, Bishop uh, basically takes him to her vacationing aunt's um, apartment. Um, so, uh, then uh, Clint goes and he sends his children back home, promising to re return by Christmas Day. Um, so, then what happens, Matt? Um... He, basically, he's trying to, like, just hurry this up so he can go home. He's not really interested in in Kate, but Kate's still kind of, like, awestruck, you know, like, meeting her hero or whatever. Yeah. She uh, tries to teach her how to to fix the, a wound because she got kind of cut on her forehead or whatever. Yeah. But again, you know, heroes who don't have any superpowers or any kind of healing powers or whatever, they have to do things the human, you know, normal way or whatever. She kind of fucks it up a little bit because they go to the, they, well, they go to like a Rite Aid or some kind of store like that to pick up some materials, and she's thinking like we're gonna like go to some really cool like you know headquarters place or whatever. So I want to point something out about this store they went to. Okay, sure. Now I think only somebody like me who's worked in retail would notice some of this stuff. There's mm -hmm. like toilet paper in the background and it's great value toilet paper which is a walmart brand okay and then they have um like some of the supplies they get were target brand products too oh wow like generic <clears throat> things so whatever the generic name at target is i was just noticing that it looks like they went to like some stores and just bought the shit and then used it for set decoration and i just think that's funny because i see that a lot in tv shows where especially with great value stuff it just appears like as like you'll have great value chips or great value cups or whatever, you know, in the background. It's just weird because they must not get sued for using Walmart's brand name for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, it's just weird to me. Um, but that's totally irrelevant. Anyway, so um, we did have a situation <laughs> there with like the, the, the firemen were putting out the the um the fire at, at Kate's place and uh, Clint goes back to try to recover the suit. While he's there, he does see a, uh, 
he he sees that the suit is gone, basically, but he does see that there's a... Because he dresses up as a firefighter and goes inside, but he had taken this uh, suit from this uh, truck, and then he sees a, a little sticker on the window that says uh, LARP New York City. <laughs> so live-action role-play New York City. So what happens there, Matt? Um... Yeah, he tracks down the guy, you know, who, who took the suit, and he has to participate in the event just to be able to talk to the guy. They won't, you know, they won't let him just talk to him. So, he, you know, they give him, like, a suit of armor, a fake sword or whatever. They tell him, you know, the rules about, you know, if you get hit, you get killed. That's, you know, whatever. If you get hit, like, in the chest or whatever. So, you know, he's, he's you know, he's really good at fighting, so he pretty much just, you know quote, kills all the people who are swinging her swords at him. Eventually, he meets the guy and whose name's Grills. Like, What's that? The guy's oh. name is Grills. And how he, like found him, how he found him is he actually looked up the uh, LARP people online and saw their, their social media presence and saw a video of Grills wearing the suit. Oh, yeah, that's right. Which is kind of weird because if this was a black market um thing and people are looking for it you think that like that would have like put up some like you think you know, somebody like, else would have gotten into the suit like, first what's that you think somebody else would have gotten to the suit first before yeah well, not only that though he made a video of it you think that people would be like looking for it like whoa like he's got the suit like you know <laughs> but again tv convenience i guess yeah. so um and i mean maybe he didn't know it was ronan's suit well not maybe he did but i just mean yeah no, who I know might want it. But, but yeah, that, okay. that's why I was saying I, I I thought somebody might get it before Clint does. So Yeah. So yeah, he participates, you know, he beats all the guys, he ends up meeting Grills and you know, Grills is like really, you know, excited to meet you know, an Avenger because apparently a lot of people like Clint. Like like it's interesting because like Clint was like sort of always portrayed as like one of the minor Avengers. Like he didn't really have like the most like screen time i guess yeah but like apparently in public he's like one of the favorite ones of the people you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is you know interesting and uh he basically says like hey man like if you let me kill you in the game i'll give you the suit you know, and, like and it's that. really sad but that at, at this point he says something like come on man this is the closest i'll ever have to being a hero he's a fucking fireman i know i know so I, i'm just wondering if this is some kind of commentary by the writers on how we view our actual first responders, you know? Well, that too, but just like how, you know, people worship superheroes in this yeah. universe. They actually have. Yeah. It's kind of hard to imagine mm -hmm. putting yourself in the perspective of like, in this world, like, these people exist. Like, like it's not... Like, it's not watching, like, a TV, like, a movie. Yeah. Like, in this world, they know that Thor but, is a real person. But it's like, funny, too, though. Like, in, in this, in our real world, even, people worship, like, DC and Marvel characters or people they see on TV, even just celebrities. It's, it's kind of like, I think, the whole thing that, like, uh, like uh, The Boys is trying to point out, you know? Where we put certain people yeah. on pedestals, but they're not necessarily the heroes we should be worshiping when it should actually be, in my opinion, people like, you know, your, 
your EMTs and your firefighters and shit like that, you know, that are risking their lives. And I'm not, you know, don't get me started on cops. They got issues themselves, but I'm saying like the good cops that actually are doing their job where they're protecting people, they should be treated like heroes as opposed to, you know, <laughs> celebrities. Celebrity yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> but, um, the, um, Yes, so so he basically has to lose to Grills in this battle, which he does, so he can get the suit back. Then what happens, Matt? <laughs> but he's got to make it look natural, though. You know, yeah. it's got to be. A, yeah, so he loses, and then uh, yeah, he gets the suit back. Um, he, uh, I think, he comes back to the apartment and he fixes Kate's. Well, because she didn't really clean it the correct way or whatever. Yeah. So he wanted to make sure that it doesn't get infected because he's like, you'll you'll really be, you know, sad in a week or if it gets infected or you're gonna have a bad week or whatever. And uh, he, you know, he he tells her to stay put. Of course, she doesn't listen to him, and she ends up. Um, forgot. See, I I only she, I only watched this one once. I saw the other. She uh, twice. So 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 she, she ends up. Uh, mm-hmm. Going to, uh, I believe it's like the place of imp- the the security company that her mom runs, which I think is interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, she uh, she goes there and she 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 runs into uh, into Eleanor and Jack, and she she tries to convince uh, Eleanor that uh, Duquesne had something to do with uh, with his uncle's death. So, um, then she challenges Jack to a fencing duel. Oh, God. <clears throat> which he keeps letting her win. Um, which was kind of, uh, like, it's like, you can't tell if he's doing that to be, you know, an asshole or if he's doing it as to try to win her over or what, you know, you know, cause it, it's like that. It's like that thing where, oh, you know, your new stepdad is trying to be your friend sort of thing, you know? It, yeah, exactly. We, we don't really... Jack, his character is very good at not really showing his cards too much. Yeah, it's like um, they really want us to think he's the bad guy, so... He might be, but it, it could also be a complete um, yeah. misdirection, too. He I, could actually be swordsman, like a real one, like... Yeah. Yeah. So, because, like... We'll get into speculation in a minute here. So, oh um, yeah, I always forget about that. We have speculation during these episodes, yeah. the yeah. TV one. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> after uh, after um, the the little duel, um, she goes. She tries to contact Barton, not knowing that he has actually allowed himself to be captured by the tracksuit mafia. <laughs> she tracks down his location using like security systems and stuff from from her family's company. <laughs> then she ends up being captured herself. And then the gang informs their boss, who's named Maya Lopez, of Barton and um, Bishop's capture. Um, yeah, Maya Lopez, who is a character in the comic books named Echo. Yep. And they're gonna have a show about her yeah. coming out too. So yeah, and, and I mean, yep. basically, her uh, her ability is she's basically has like a photographic memory sort of thing for being able to copy 
kind of like Taskmaster in the in uh, the Black Widow movie. Yeah, where she can actually she's a deaf person, but she's able to notice things visually really well because of that. And so yeah. she can like like if you know if she sees Clint fighting, she can mimic his fighting style exactly. You know. Yeah, so, which is pretty yeah. interesting. Plus, too, isn't she a Daredevil character? So they might be putting in, bringing in like. Um, there's a show. There's an interesting thing in the in the comics. She was actually raised by Kingpin. Oh wow! <laughs> so um, there's a lot of speculation right now, which we'll get to here in a second. We we can just talk about speculation now. We'll just jump into that right now. So, <laughs> yeah, we keep um, going. <laughs> yeah. So, so basically. A lot of speculation is going... There's a lot of rumors going around right now that Kingpin might appear in this show as one of the ultimate baddies. Um, Vince D'Onofrio, who played Kingpin on the Daredevil Netflix series, has been... He, I guess he tweeted out a video about this show saying how excited he was for this show. Which is really weird, because... He doesn't really do that for much, so. Yeah. So, might be, you know, maybe he is just truly excited because he likes the character of Hawkeye or something. Yeah, or could maybe, be, but... Or maybe he's involved in it. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> so. Why, yeah, exactly, yeah, we don't know, but... <clears throat> but, um, but yeah, basically, uh... I guess in the comics, Maya Lopez was a was raised by Kingpin, was a bad person for a while, and then ended up becoming good. So, and then she was like a member of the Young Avengers. So, okay, yeah. So we'll, we'll see where, like, where they take this character in this show, and if she's going to have her own show, I have a feeling she's going to end up being a good guy. You know, so yeah, maybe. <laughs> Well, it seems like that's what's being set up, I think, from, because like you had, um, you know, with WandaVision, you had Wiccan and Speed, yeah. which were, ended up becoming part of the Young Avengers, and then you've now got, it looks like um, Valentina's creating her Thunderbolts organization, or team, or whatever, yeah. so it does seem like and you got- Either they're really just doing a misdirection, which would kind of suck because it would blow out anyone's like excitement, but it does seem like that's what's kind of being yeah, set I mean, up. Yeah, because like Kate Bishop was a member of the Young Avengers as well, and so uh, right, yeah. and and so, so was, I believe Miss Marvel, who's got her own show coming out soon too. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, probably a couple years down the line, we're gonna have a Young Avengers movie or something. Yeah. So, um, any other speculation on your part? Um, just, uh, you know, I, I think the relationship, you know, between Kate and Clint's going to get a little bit closer. Cause I don't, I don't think, cause right, right now she hasn't really told him like that, like he literally saved her life. Like she witnessed yeah saving her life when she was like 10 years old or whatever yeah so well no i think she's more like eight or nine because this takes place because technically hawkeye takes place in 2025 the end of 2025 
Yeah. So we're going into 2026. So, so um, and, and I mean, I don't think she disappeared during the blip. So, because there's oh. no indication of that. So she would be. Oh. So, so it would be like 2012 till 25. How old would that make her? Wait, Kate disappeared in the blip? They said no, that? No, no, I, she didn't. I said there's no indication that she oh, did. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, so, yeah, 2012. Because she's 22 in the show. It's when yeah. She said she was 22. So, so 12, so 12, that's 13 years. 22 minus 13. I'm terrible at math. Um, yeah, she'd be about nine at that yeah. time. So, yeah, but, she'd um, been nine in, in, during the Battle of New York. So, yeah. So, I think some point they're probably going to get into an argument because he's going to be resentful that he has to like clean up her mess. And I think at some point though, she's going to like, you know, reveal why she wants, cause like she always wears purple and stuff too. That's kind of like Hawkeye's color. So yeah. she's always trying to mimic him like throughout her whole life, basically. Yeah. And so she, wants, know, she so. she's probably going to end up becoming, of course, the new Hawkeye or something of that variation. Um, which yeah. I believe she does in the comics. So, um, also, I think that they're being really heavy-handed and making us think that Jack's a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, like, it seems almost too convenient. Like, he might be a bad guy, but I don't know if he's the bad no, guy. And, and I also, I mean? my thing is, is I don't even necessarily think he's, he might be smarmy, but he's not necessarily doing things for a bad reason. You know, like, he's not, like, evil. He's more like a opportunist, maybe, you know? Yeah, and also too, he does seem like he might. He seems like he somewhat bucks the family tradition of being like wealthy because, like, yeah. it seems like Armand is like the reason why he's upset is because, like, to him, it almost seems like he's marrying down. Like he should and be the, marrying. That's the other thing that they're, they're did we did we bring up the point that you know that that monogrammed candy, um, butterscotch. He actually had one, so that makes it kind of seem like he would have been in, you know, that's another way that they're trying to be like, hey, look at this guy, look at this guy. And that just seems like, a little bit too convenient. <laughs> like, yeah, he gave her the candy and, like, he looked at her and, like, she thinks that he's, like, telling her a message that he knows that that he saw her. Or, or, yeah. Well, because, like, when, when he saw her when she was dressed up as Ronan, you know, you can usually tell what someone looks like by their eyes if you know them yeah. well enough. Like, so they were pretty close up to each other. So like, he might have recognized it was her. Not so much that he thinks that she's Ronan, but that maybe she just put on the costume during yeah. the whole thing. I know? think if the, if they were smart, they would somehow make him. Because I think definitely Eleanor is up to something. She might be like one of the higher ups. Who knows? Yeah, like, I think she killed her husband. Yeah, because because she said she was going to go downstairs. Yeah, and then. The crash happened, so she couldn't just use that as an excuse to kill him and go. Oh well, the you know the yeah. Chitauri or you know whatever. Yeah, you know. So because in the comics, the father is actually a bad guy, oh, and, okay. the, and, the, and the mother dies. So <laughs> uh, they they switched things up for this. So that makes me think and that would make that she's going to be a bad guy. So it would make sense because she like was like. Daddy's girl, like, like, always had like a yeah. more special relationship with him, and she got quote stuck with her, not stuck with her, but like, 
her mom wasn't like her favorite parent, basically. Yeah. Like, you know. But I guess she had in, in the comics, the way that it goes is like the, the dad's a bad guy, had faked the mom's death or something, and then she ends up coming back to life or something. So it's just, you know, how comics go. Yeah, just like so, held her captive or something. Like, I, I don't remember. Or, I'd have to look it up. Okay. But I read something <laughs> about it a while back. So I was just like. Yeah. So I'd have to look it up. But um, yeah, but we'll see where that goes. I, I think definitely Eleanor's up to something. And uh, my thing is, I think it'd be interesting if Jack just turns out to be a good guy. Like he's just being over, you know, overly coming off smarmy because he's trying to win over Kate's affections because he's going to be her stepdad, you know? Right, yeah, and and who knows? Maybe this might be the version where he actually was Clint's mentor, and then mm-hmm. eventually we're going to end up meeting each other. And it's like, wait a minute, like, yeah, you're involved with the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, well, there is a scene I think for the next episode that's um, it, it it looks like they're um, they're like Clint and Kate are like sitting at a table in front of. Um, her mom and Jack like are talking to each other, so I don't yeah. know if that's the next episode or or what. Yeah, and I, like, I they, haven't seen like, any previews myself, so yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, well, um, okay, folks. Well, just let us know what you think any is going to happen. Um, you know, comment on our uh, videos anywhere that they're shared on social media. Love to hear what you have to say. Um, also, uh, you can email me at mike at cullenpark.com and let us know what you think there. Um, anything else, Matt, before we wrap things up? Nope, that's, that's all. Okay, so, uh, folks, uh, make sure you're good to each other. Um, you know, do good things, and good things will happen. Um, do bad things, and bad things will happen. <laughs> Those are words to live by, Matt. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, follow us on social media. Go to all2real2.com for all that info. Um, check out our T Public, our Patreon. Give us a five star review if you can, anywhere you can. Um, also, uh, you know, share the show with your friends. That's the best way to get us out there. And until next time, folks, bye bye. Thanks for listening to All Too Real 2 Podcast, a Cullen Park production. Produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Haas. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at cullenpark.com.